As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene, was good. But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, and welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott. I am Ben, and we are here again with uh, our super producer. You know what? He's going to have the same nickname as previously, Noel the Enigma Brown. Ah, there's a good reason for the Enigma, right? Yes, sir. That is correct. This is one of the episodes uh, wherein one of us has no idea what we're about to podcast about. We just step in, and one person comes with an idea, and the other person is shooting from the hip. Which one could it be today? Which one? Well, as <laughs> as you as you know, sir, uh, last episode uh, I was the one who who didn't know what was coming. So this time around, it is your turn, and I have taken a page from your book, and I have a question for you. Okay, I'm a bit nervous. Oh, don't be! Don't I be. always am on these. I, I know that you 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 come in here and it's like flawless. You know, you I, I ask you something and you can think on your feet. You're quick at that. You're really good at that. So that's um, You have that. Uh, well, you have that um, improv background, I guess, and that probably helps you a bit. But also very knowledgeable. That's a huge. Whoa. A huge, well, it's true. A, this is a compliment. No, podcast. It's, it's true. It really is. Uh, ben Ben's uh, very skilled at doing this. When I come in here with a, a topic for him. Uh, it seems like we just we just go with it, no problem. I'm I'm nervous on the other hand because um, it doesn't come as naturally to me. I have to study and, and prepare. So, uh, boy, what have you what have you got for me today? Uh, well, don't 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 worry too much. Uh, this is a this is a pretty good one. Okay, and this is something that'll hopefully help out a lot of our listeners too. How long should a person keep a car? Oh. Hmm. And this this is this is um, the reason that I'm bringing this up is because. What we're finding is that people are owning cars longer now, and especially with the uh, youngins, the new kids on the block, if you will, uh, people are facing – many people cannot afford to buy a new car, just full stop, or people are going into uh, more debt for a longer amount of time to buy a car. But then also there's that question, Scott, because 
We've all been there when you start, and you know, I've done this with like two different Monte Carlos before, where you start doing the calculation of how much the car is worth, how high the mileage is, what sort of expensive problems it has. So not so much a, a cracked um, side mirror or a cracked windshield as a transmission that slips, right? Mm-hmm. And then start playing the game where you think, how long can I keep this guy going, right? How long, how long can I keep the old girl on the road moving until I can figure out what else to do? And sometimes this can be uh, due to purely financial considerations, right? Uh, many times, especially for people who are younger, starting to drive or still in school, things like that. Other times, it can be for personal or emotional reasons. Like it, it really is, um, it really is a difficult thing to, you know, give up your first car. Um, it, and it, uh, it never becomes easier with time, right? And so there's always more and more of your personality invested. So I was wondering, if there was a ballpark estimate for at which point someone should just throw in the towel and uh, take the car out to a, a cash for clunkers or to sell it and trade something in, you well, know, definitely not a cash for clunkers. Don't do that. Right. All right. right. So, um, <laughs> no, but man, that's a good that's a good question, Ben. I like this. And man, I don't know if there's going to be one silver bullet answer to this whole thing. I, I really don't. But we can discuss what I what I think is uh, for a sure. ballpark, I guess, as you yeah. said. Um, I'm, I'm not going to come out with a number right now. Maybe we'll talk about it in a moment. But you talked about a lot of different things. And I think you and I are are in the same uh, arena, I guess, when you when we say that, um, you know, we buy a used car, maybe, and we yeah. hang on to it for a good number of years. We, we're not ones to quickly discard cars because some people buy a car, uh, used car or new car, mm-hmm. and they're done with it in a year or two. Um, you know, they, right. it, maybe the loan's not even paid off if it's a new car. And uh, they're on to the next thing, and you know, a, a bigger payment or a smaller payment or whatever. But they're they're continually having to make payments. You and I ha- like to hang on to cars until there's no payments left. Yeah, and uh, yeah. kind of ride that out as long as possible. And man, I like that. But you know, there's the the problem when you start talking about getting rid of a car, an older used car, um, mm-hmm. or when you start considering that. I guess is that you know. Hasn't it been said there's the devil you know and then there's the devil you don't know? Oh, that's a very good point. It's something yeah. like that. I mean, it, it's a similar saying, but but you know the problems with the car that you have or have had for the last seven years maybe. Sure. Uh, but you don't know what you're going to jump into when you buy that next used car. Mm-hmm. New car, you're not really under that much pressure because, you know, there's the uh, the warranty, the dealer warranty. Right, yeah. And uh, it, that's true in every case. Now, were they going to cover every everything that goes wrong with it? No, but mm-hmm. um, close to it anyways. You can drive that with a little more confidence than you can with, you know, a car that you found on Craigslist or an eBay. It's just a, a level of personal comfort. I mean, what, what are yeah. you comfortable doing? Are you comfortable leasing a car that has that warranty? or you know, And then at the end of the lease, you don't really own anything unless mm-hmm. you choose to buy it at that point. Um, do you, do you buy a new car? Do you, do you buy a used car? There's a lot of questions here, but you're talking about the time to hang on to the car that you already have. And mm-hmm. I don't know, again, I don't know if there's a silver bullet for that because different cars have different, uh, lives, I guess. As, right. As we've said, um, and I think we even quoted numbers, uh, a long time ago, maybe several, maybe even a, a year or two ago. Uh, we talked about the life expectancy of cars. You know, maybe in the 1970s, the life expectancy expectancy was like 100,000 miles. Right, right. Uh, at that point, it was ready for the, the scrap heap. 
Right. Uh, when you got into the 1980s, you know, bumped up to, uh, and I'm going to ballpark this, 150,000 sure. miles. Yeah. And uh, now we're talking about cars that are good for something like 300,000 miles if you just do routine maintenance. Mm-hmm. You, know, you keep up with the uh, the timing belt. You keep up with the uh, the oil changes, of course, and all the fluids and everything that and needs you, to be And you switched. drive carefully. Yeah, right? exactly right. You're not really, uh, you know, beating the engine up too bad. Um, you, you can expect to drive a car for about 300,000 miles now, and that's, that's really significant. I mean, it's a huge increase. I mean, think about having to scrap a car that had 100,000 miles on it. Uh, you know, that, that comes about in no time now because a lot of people are driving, you know, and this is just a, a, an estimate, but, you know, between twelve and 15,000 miles, I think, is still the average uh, yeah. somebody drives. Now, I know that, you know, some salesmen drive 40,000 miles a year. Right. And, uh, you know, others will drive 400 miles a year. But, right. uh, but average, you know, U.S. average, I think, is right around 15,000 a year. And uh, we know that it is possible to push cars far beyond uh, 200 or even 300,000. We did a, an episode a while back on the Guinness World Record for the highest mileage. And if you've not heard it, I... I have a dilemma. Um, I'm, I'm debating whether or not I should say it because it's amazing. You know what? I'll say it and just you can tune in and hear the full story if you like. So we'll just mention it. The highest mileage confirmed by the Guinness Book of World Records was uh, and, and may have may have con- continued since uh, was a guy named Irv Gordon in uh, New York as of 2013. He hit his three millionth mile in his 1966 Volvo 1800S. Mm. So, uh, and he kept driving it. Yeah. Yeah. He's still driving. Yeah. As far as we know, he's still putting miles on that car. Now he's not, of course, racing down the highway or anything like that. He's, he's not uh, winning any speed records, but just, that's just to show you the, the amount of, uh, latitude and distance there is between what one person considers time to throw away and what another one does. Well, sure. And some people will pick up a, a new car from a dealer and, you know, drive it for 10,000 miles and there's catastrophic engine failure or something like that. You know, they right. have a manufacturing defect and uh, they have to trade the car in and there's always a headache that goes along with that. And, you know, I don't know if it's fair to lump those in with, uh, with what you're talking about, really. But, right. But there are points where you just can't drive a car any longer, and and that's it. You have to take it back and say, look, this is the third time I've been back with the same issue. Uh, we've got to work out a deal here. And, yeah, and just stuff yeah. like that that happens. So that's that's the other side of the coin. Or maybe you buy a used car and you just simply don't like it. I mean, maybe you drive it for a month and you think like this just isn't the car for me. I thought it was when I bought it. You know, it was yeah. an emotional decision maybe. Right. Um, and you decide that you know it's time to move on already, and that's quick. So. Uh, there's, and there's everything in between, but man, you know, based on the, you know, 15,000 miles a year, you could keep a car, a brand new car, I guess, for about, mm-hmm. you know, I guess if you did that 15,000 every year for 20 years, you would reach, right. you would reach the 300,000 mark. But I'm guessing that, you know, if you keep, if you're taking care of your car well enough to reach 300,000, it's probably going to, you know, reach even longer. You'd probably be able to, uh, to maintain that car to 500,000 or even, even more. I think you're just going to, reach the limitations of, of the metal itself in the engine. You know, you're going right. to have to start replacing things that are um, internal mm-hmm. uh, versus just stuff that you can access outside or um, stuff that, you know, you can, um, you know, fluids and things like that, you know, the expendables, right. I guess. And then some people also will make the calculation depending upon, you know, the problems that happen because, you know, after a car hits above a hundred thousand, 
the maintenance regimen needs to change, mm-hmm. right? Because you have to you have to put a little more TLC into it. In some cases, uh, and this has been something my family's done before, uh, the sentimental value of a car is such that they will just uh, replace the entire engine. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, even that's not all that uncommon. I don't. It's think. not. It's not all that uncommon. No, it's not. No, all I, I think. It, I think it happens, and and people do. Uh, become attached to these cars, like you said. I mean, if I if I could have saved my uh, my Honda Civic Si, the one I just had to get rid of, yeah. I would have. It just didn't make good, uh, you know, dollars and cents. I guess mm-hmm. um, when I when I put it all on paper, uh, it just didn't work out that way. And I, I'm happy with my choice now. You know, the car that I have now. Um, am I going to still be happy with it in five years or seven years or whatever? I, I think I will be, but you don't. You never know. And and that's the other thing too, Ben. Is that when I'm thinking about this number that you, you want me to give. Um, you know, when I reach, uh, let's say when I reach about the five year mark, yeah, I'm starting to get a little tired of it. I'm starting to, I'm starting to think like it's, it's time to start looking at other cars, but I'm such a, a slow, careful shopper for a car because I am attached to that one at that point, even though I'm, I'm saying I'm a little bit tired of it. I start looking at other cars and saying like, oh man, that's a nice feature to have. I wish my car had that. You're Um, right. You're right around. Or, you know. Uh, that one's, you know, all cars now have nav systems in them, but uh, yeah. you know, in 2005 they didn't. So I'm a little bit envious of people that have a nav system in their car. But you know, if I were to upgrade to a 2015, sure, um, yeah, I get that. I would get that in a car likely. Um, so there's things like that, um, and and just comfort and and maybe even, you know, in some cases people want to kind of up the appearance. You know, you got to up the game a little bit. You know, if you want to, if you, uh, let's say that you got a car when you were in college. And it was great for getting back and forth from home. And it was great for your first job, your second job. Sure. But now you're at your third job and you're starting to take clients out to lunch. Or you're supposed to uh, meet somebody at the country club, you know, for a game of golf or you right. know, for whatever. Something like that. You want your uh, outward appearance, I guess, to m- more match, uh, you know, what you're, what you're all about at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you know, people change. Your car should maybe change along with you as well. Yeah. And that, that doesn't happen immediately or overnight, but it may happen every uh, five or six years, you know, your, your jobs change, your, your, um, your personality changes even. And, and that is another thing to, re- to keep in mind. Yeah. And we've got some numbers here. I, you, I've got to say, Scott, you really, you impressed me just now because the, uh, in 2012, these numbers have changed too. In 2012, an intelligence firm called RL Polk and company found that uh, Americans were holding on to their new vehicles, the, the new ones, uh, for 71.4 months, which is just a little under six years. Mm. And uh, that they, so you're definitely in the ballpark on the used vehicle side that rose to about 50 months. And uh, this was um, this was again in 2012. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math and Magic Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hello, 
acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table, because geek culture is pop culture, and we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hermosi, Layla Hermosi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. However, now this uh, this is changing. People are holding on to cars longer. Uh, as of 2012, not counting the, the division between used and uh, new just cars, but when you factor in Everything, so trucks, SUVs, vans, and cars, mm-hmm. uh, the average age of a vehicle was 11 years. 11 years? 11 okay. years. Okay, well, the, so that's, that's the age of the vehicle, not necessarily, you know, how long somebody owns it. Well, sure, here's the thing. Like, let's say you pick up a used car that's three years old and you hang on to it for eight years. Your car's 11 years old. You've only had it for eight. Right. Uh, or, you know, someone hang on, had it for six years and then you have it for five. That's 11 years. So, um, all that is factored into the number that you just gave. Right. I kind of, I, I'm going to kind of answer that. Maybe I'll even answer this right now. Okay. But, but we can still talk about it. How about that? Because yeah. as I'm thinking about this, I think I have the answer. I think that right around five years is when I, like, when I personally start to get a little bit tired of the car that I'm, that I'm driving. Start I, to consider yeah, some options. I, not that I don't love the car, not that I really don't, <laughs> uh, don't appreciate it anymore and I don't like looking at it. Cause, you know, I've, I've heard it said that if you park a car, and you uh, and you like how many times do you do this in the parking lot? If you park your car and you're walking away from it, do you look back at your car? Do you ever do that? Do you look back and 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 just glance at it? Yeah, just, just to see your car. You know why, right? Why is that? Because I'm thinking, when am I going to wash that thing? People <laughs> no, are talking. No, no. I, I've heard it said that if you if you park your car and you walk away from it in a parking lot and you don't look back at it, you've got the wrong car, or you've got a car that you don't care about. Um, hmm. And I've so I, I'm. I always do this. And I'm, I'm, I consciously do this now. I, I when I think about it, I, I realize that I'm doing it every time I park my car now. And and this was true with my other one right up until the day I, I let it go. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I park the car, I get about maybe 15 feet away, and I look back, and then I'll walk another 20 feet, and I'll look back at it again. <laughs> I really do. I like looking at the car. It's a good good looking car. It's usually in you know it's usually clean. I like the way it, it appears. 
Uh-huh. Um, it's like is if it's if is if you see another car on the road that you appreciate or or like, and you and you kind of give it a second glance. It's the same thing, only it's your car, and you're proud of it. So it's not again. It's not that I don't like the car after five years. It's just that I'm kind of ready to move on to something new, something mm-hmm. different, maybe something with uh, with better features, something uh, you know that's maybe a little stronger, a little faster, uh, something that uh, maybe doesn't have the uh, all-encompassing suspension problems that the one that you're driving now has, you know, this, the hidden stuff that <laughs> right. um, you know is coming, but you can't really afford, and you're trying to put it off. And yeah. That's when you start weighing the numbers and start trying to decide. Exactly, because um, so many people so many people end up uh, with without necessarily planning to buy a new car. They end up having to because uh, we've played that game, you know, that game everybody plays where they say, uh, well – Let's let's say I'm going to get at most four grand if I sell my car, right? If yeah. I sell my used car now. And the thing that I need to fix on it is gonna cost around two grand. Mm-hmm. So at what point am I just paying thousands of dollars to keep this car uh, just surviving. Well, you just hang on to the car until it's only worth 2000 and then it's a wash. Right, right. And then you're even, or you <laughs> hang on to it for, or you spend tens of thousands of dollars, um, restoring it to factory original and then you hide it in a barn and you wait for decades. Yeah, there are <laughs> tons of classic cars like that, right? I mean, yeah. they, well, not, not so much that. It's that people restore them and they spend $50,000 on the restoration and then they have to sell it for 18,000. Yeah. And you have to, and you know, I, I joke about this. This is such a gamble. Please don't consider that a legitimate investment option because it is, it can be very difficult to say, Oh, I wonder what um, car collectors and aficionados are going to love in 80 years, yeah. you know, now I'll be the little devil on your shoulder and I'll say, that's a fantastic retirement plan. Uh, <laughs> definitely go out and buy that emotional car, that, that car that you're going to make an emotional decision on today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, buy it, restore it, put whatever you have to into it, because you know that in 50 years, it's going to be worth a pile of money. The old uh, collect Star Wars figurines uh, <laughs> yeah. investment. plan. No, no, no. I'm just kidding. That's a terrible idea. But but. You know what? It's very emotional, and, and the emotion is is really big. Even with even with just an everyday car, people get these attachments to cars. Like you said, you know, you some, some some cases you'd be better off putting an engine into a used car, sure, and continue, continuing to drive it. It just it just is whatever makes the most sense to you, and whatever you can afford to do. Um, and put it on paper and really think about this. Really think about your decision. You're going to be happy driving that car for another three or four years to try to get the money back, I guess, out of the engine that you had to put into it or the, the full suspension system that you have to put into right. the thing or, um, you know, whatever it happens to be. I mean, it really is an emotional thing and it's tough to let go. Well, let's, let's look at, I, I think that for one reason or another, the majority of the U S population, car driving and car buying, uh, agrees with us on this. Uh, let's look at some statistics. All right. The Bureau of Labor Statistics uh, found that overall, the U.S. is continuing to own around the same amount of cars, but we're just owning them for longer. The share of new vehicles on the road over 2007 to 2012 dropped 33%. Wow. It's just because uh, buying a new vehicle is 
increasingly expensive, you know, compared to like you'll hear the stories uh, about the post World War II booms when people would buy, you know, a car every year or two, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and there you can find some great, some great stories about it. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning, is connecting with people. In an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine, and I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark, more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table, because geek culture is pop culture, and we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hormozzi, Layla Hormozzi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's one uh, from uh, CNN, uh, August 10th, 2012 article called Why You Should Keep Your Clunker. And in this, the journalist has this great thing that I wanted to read. Okay. He says, I have vivid memories of 50s and 60s dads who bought a new car every year. I remember groups of them standing around the neighborhood barbecue wearing hats and jingling the change in their pockets as they talked about being diehard Ford, Chevy, or Chrysler men. I wouldn't drive a Ford if you gave me one, the GM guy would say. Oh, yeah, the Ford guy would reply. I wouldn't use my Ford to drive your Chevy to the dump. (laughs) (laughs) They had these, you know, they had these car jokes and stuff, but the times – have changed. Not only do, does technology allow these vehicles to last longer, but uh, as a um, as a slice of the pie of a of a of a person's income, uh, a car, a new car, especially, is a much larger slice than it was yeah. previously. Well, okay, I can think of so many examples of this. I mean, there's just a ton of these. And by the way, just before I, I mention this, 
you know how many times I've heard that Ford, Chevy, Chrysler <laughs> talk, and, and yeah. a lot of that comes from, uh, you know, back in the 1980s, late 1980s, early 1990s, going to like the monster truck rallies or something. And, the, you know, they would announce like over the, the PA, they'd be like, how many of you are Ford fans? And yeah. then the crowd would go crazy. And then, you know, some would boo. And uh-huh. how many of you are Chevy fans? You know, and, and, and just back and forth and, you know, trying to really stir up the crowd. And then you hear those arguments happening in real life in, uh, you know, in, in parts stores and, um, you know, just, I guess, on, uh, you know, at local car meets and, you know, part swap meets and things like that. It happens. It really does. They, you know, they, they mention stuff like that um, just off the cuff. Like, you know, I wouldn't buy that Ford. You know, they gave it, they gave it to me plus $10,000 or whatever. Right. Well, <laughs> when I was selling my um, my uh, Pontiac Trans Am, I tried to I tried to think of who I could unload this thing on because it was uh, at the point where i was i was done with it right <laughs> and uh again i like the car but i had to get rid of it it was just that time mm-hmm. so i take it to a guy a local guy who had uh something like two or three of these things sitting in his driveway already and i figured this guy and he's always out working on them you know when you drive yeah. by you see him he's always, always tinkering out. away yeah always tinkering or something but turns out they were the uh the counterpart to that they were the camaros they were the chevy oh. and when i drove up and then i said hey you know would you be interested in you know buying even just for a part <laughs> for a parts car and he said I wouldn't take that Pontiac if, uh, you know, whatever. And then he went right. into some, you know, uh, I'm some sure it was an weirdly elaborate crash. Yeah, thing. something with expletives that I can't even mention right. there because it was a Pontiac. And, you know, mm-hmm. he wouldn't drive a Pontiac, even though it's the same car. You know, it's yeah. basically the same car. So, you know, that argument goes back and forth between people even now. Sure. But, you know, we t- we're talking about the, the price or the, the slice of the pie, I guess, of, of, you know, what you're comfortable paying. Right. Just, I think it was uh, two days ago. I was at I was at a, a local restaurant, California Pizza Kitchen. Mm-hmm. CPK, any, not getting any money from them, but CPK. Yeah, I was at so, CPK as they as the ones in the no say. And I parked next to an A8, the L version, you know, the long wheelbase version with a W12 engine, and it was an older woman who was wow. driving it. But but looking at the price of that, the uh, the base price, yeah, is something like a hundred and forty thousand dollars. Wow. So that's the base. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the and that's a sedan. It's like a four door sedan. It's really really nice. But is it worth one hundred forty thousand dollars? And I and I often look at you know some of the Lexus models, the hybrid models and things. Sure. And I think, well, that's a that's a nice car, and I'm sure it's really comfortable to drive and everything. It looks a lot like some of the other cars on the road. Is it really worth ninety thousand dollars? And plus, cars depreciate so quickly when you buy a new car, mm-hmm. right? As soon as you sign the papers and drive off the lot. Sure. Uh, but, you know, for some people, that that's the choice they want to make. That's just one of the pros and cons they weigh. I guess. But if you sit in, if you really sit in traffic and you really think about and you look, you know, think about what those cars around you are worth. You know, like I look at, you know, even just a, a simple sedan that could be worth sixty five thousand dollars, you know, from, the, from right. the dealer. It's like this is it, it, it is a huge, huge purchase. As they always say, it's the second largest purchase you're going to make in your life behind your house. Mm-hmm. Um, it's It's a big deal. And and again, not just the money thing, but but you know, do you become as attached to something that costs that much money? If it you know, as as somebody would who buys the uh, you know the two thousand dollar junker car, but it's their first car. I think there's probably a similar level of attachment there, even even though the dollar numbers are so different between the two. Yeah. Someone who pays the two grand is going to be just as attached to their car as somebody who pays the sixty five thousand dollars for it. That's a that's a good point, and and also you know there is still. I'm not saying that the the new car market is going away because that's that's just not going to ever happen. No, there's no. still such a huge uh, pent up demand for uh, for new vehicles, 
various for for multitude of reasons. Uh, what what my philosophy is, I'll be honest with you, man. I'm one of those uh, drive it until it absolutely cannot be driven cars. I just I would rather fix something. Um, anything, you know, from a pair of shoes to a car, uh, before buying a new thing, it's, it's a useful, it teaches you useful skills. There's a little bit of pride involved when you say, oh, well, I, I fixed this. Yeah. You know? I'm, I'm 100% with you on this. I've mm-hmm. driven several cars until the point where they cannot be driven another mile. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's good and bad in that, you know, something catastrophic happened. And it usually happens at an inopportune time. It's never a good time. No, it's never a good time. But, uh, you know, I've got some sad stories that go along with those, of course. Uh, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, it, it's, it, it's something that, uh, again, there's a, there's an amount of pride that goes along with that to say that you're keeping that car running and you have no payments. Mm-hmm. And, uh, again, you've got kind of this mental attachment to the vehicle. You've, you've held a lot of the pieces of that car in your hands at some point. Right. And, and, you know, you, you know every single bit of it. You know it inside and out. You know, you know it like the back of your own hand. I mean, it's, a, it's, it really does become this, uh, it's like a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of, it kind of is. Yeah. With the same ups and downs, uh, and maybe a little more cursing. Yeah. Hopefully a, a little more cursing. A bit of love hate. A goes bit on of love there. hate. Yeah. So, yeah. A complex. So, Scott, I want to ask you, I want to put you on the spot. Even though I've been doing that this entire episode, <laughs> uh, but uh, what's the longest amount of time that you have owned a car? Have you? Uh, can you remember? Wow, I would have to. I would have to lay that out on paper to really think about it. But I mean, I, I think uh, you know, for the most part, you know, right around the seven or eight years mark. Yeah, um, and that's that's a significant amount of time really to hold on to a vehicle. I think. I mean, it's beyond when you know the uh, the four year. Uh, loan is paid off or whatever. You know, I've always right. had loans on cars and not every time, but, but most times. And, uh, you know, four years of driving without a payment, that's, uh, that's pretty significant. Savings. Yeah. Um, you know, you do the necessary repairs and then you can hopefully pass it off onto somebody else. Um, you know, in good shape, you know, mm-hmm. good enough that you can get some money out of it, good enough that you're confident in selling it to that person. Um, but yeah, seven or eight years is about maximum for me. And that's maybe why I'm saying, you know, five to six years is right about the sweet spot for me when I would be, you know, mm-hmm. comfortable letting a car go. Yeah, the longest for me has probably been about five years as well. But mm-hmm. I was surprised how difficult it was to remember it. Well, I wait, had to do some cogitation, you know. Wait a minute. How long have you had the current Monte Carlo? Uh, this it will be this will be about year four. Oh, really? So it's kind of it's kind of close. Yeah, because I got it used. Um, well, may, hey, you know, hey what? you know what? Maybe it's five. I don't think so. But I, I think, think you might be right. It's longer than that. What were yeah. you driving when I first met you? When, first, when we first met, I was... 2008. 2000? Holy smokes. Yeah. Scott, I've owned that car for six years. That's, well, that's seven years if, if it's No, 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 because I had one, I had one briefly before that. Oh, you that. did. I didn't know that. Yeah, at yeah. a, a black money car. Like oh, I believe, I thought, I thought that the, the first car I ever saw you in was that silver one, but maybe I just didn't... I didn't recognize you in anything but the silver car. We weren't on speaking terms. <laughs> no, I'm just uh, but yeah, gosh, wow, how time does fly. Yeah. I completely forgot. I was thinking it was like around four or five years, but it was much more. It's like six yeah. or seven. Yeah. yeah uh, time goes quickly, doesn't it? I mean, you yeah. don't realize how long you've held on to it. And that's the problem I have with trying to recount how mm-hmm. long I had certain cars. Now, I think I had an, I had an Audi that lasted me a long, long time. And I would say like 
five or six years. Yeah. Um, you know, that last year was pretty tough as far as you know, repair bills go and stuff. But mm-hmm. um, I, I held other cars for just about the same amount of time. So, yeah, again, five to six years, I think, is uh, is my comfort zone for, for holding on to a vehicle. Now, here is a uh, calculation that I'd like to give people, which is totally unfounded and it is unscientific and it's just something one of my relatives told me a long time ago. Okay. Here's, here's what he does and how he, how he, um, decides to take care of a car. Uh, after he is no longer making payments, right? If he gets a loan or something, then what he does is he takes some percentage of what would have been that car note and just puts it in the bank as car repairs, mm-hmm. car repair fund. And his thing is that after a certain amount of time, you know, the stuff accretes and you've got a hefty little uh, emergency fund for anything catastrophic to happen. Yeah. And then he's he said that once that's gone, he's usually ready to sell the car. Oh, OK. And um, the to me, that's a little bit too seat of your pants because, you know, something disastrous can happen at any moment, you know, and you might have just made two or three of these payments to yourself. Well, I think the financial experts will tell you to do just that. You know, once you're done making the payment, that that money that would have gone to that car payment should go somewhere. I mean, it should go either towards, you know, if you have a credit card or something like that. Sure. Right. But, but it should go in the bank for either repairs, as you said, or potentially for a down payment for another car or towards another vehicle, because you're likely to get something newer and something that's a little bit more expensive. So uh, that's what they will tell you that you're supposed to do. Now, how many people really adhere to that? Uh, not many, I think, because, you know, a lot of people say like, well, I, you know, my car payment was 300 bucks and now I'm yeah. going to hang on to that $300. I'm going to use that for, uh, you know, in a, a couple of nights out, you know, a, right. a month uh, that we couldn't have before, you know, uh, dining out or something. I'm going to get $301 bills and make a jacket. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something really wise like that. Yeah, sure, you're, yeah. sure. But the uh, so the the point is that you know there there are many answers to this question, and in some cases, this is something that I think is a little bit weird. Uh, but you know, no judgment if you do it. Uh, there are some people who just don't throw away a car; they just park it. And go get another well, car. Sure, the the car hoarders, right? <laughs> I don't. You know, let's call them enthusiasts. Yeah. But uh, so to bring all of this back around, what what we're saying and, and what I'm finding is, while you could read various statistics about how long people are keeping a car on average, or what kind of car people are getting, and what kind of car they want to buy, uh, ultimately it's exactly as you called it, Scott. There is no, there is no silver bullet. There are going to be so many factors for an individual driver, individual car. Uh, but I would love to hear the answers from all of you out there listening. What, what are you well, driving? Hang up? on, hang on. What? You haven't given your answer. Ah, you got me. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta cough it up here, Ben. What I, the, I, no, I said, slide. I said five to six. Yeah. And that's just, uh, just my own situation. So what do you think? What's, uh, what's your sweet spot for getting rid of a vehicle? Run it into the ground. It's, um, I'm being a, a little bit, I'm jesting a little bit here. Uh, I am actually, and I'll, I'll go ahead and say this. Uh, I'm actually, Getting rid of the Monte Carlo as, oh as we speak. Yeah, no kidding. I, yeah. You're getting rid of the Monte Carlo. Yes, way, Scott. I uh, didn't think this day would ever arrive. I didn't. I didn't think so either. I've driven Monte Carlos for 
a very long time. I haven't yet gotten to one of those first or second gen Monte Carlos, which I would really, I would really love to take around the block. Um, but it's, uh, the, the calculations are there and I got, I got a, a pretty, a pretty sweet deal on something else. Uh, so I'm going to be, are you willing to, out. are you willing to reveal what that is yet? Or are you going to wait? You're going to make uh, us let's, wait. Let's wait for a little bit. Yeah. Let's okay. wait for a little bit. Wow. But, wow. This is a, this is big news. This is like uh this is, we should interrupt whatever else is going on. And this is like breaking news. We need the, uh, the teletype sound in the background. Well, you know, man, I, I hate it. I hate to let it go, but it'll be going to, we go into a good place uh, with someone who wants to make it a project car, mm-hmm. so they're going to spend a lot of TLC on it. Okay. Uh, More details on this later, I'm I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sure. And uh, and uh, then I guess by default I have an answer, which is around uh, six or seven years. Six or seven years. Okay. Yeah. So we're we're very close in the time that we uh, that we're comfortable hanging on to. Economy. Yeah, yeah. But uh, what? But what about you, listeners? What What do you think? Uh, do you do you lease vehicles, perhaps, which makes your time uh, your cycle through a car uh, much shorter, or do you buy cars and have like a schedule where you say, okay, it's around this time. Do you base it on life events, like when you have kids? That happens a lot when people say, okay, got to get rid of the Miata or whatever. That happened to me in my Honda CRX. Yeah. And my MG. Yeah. And, uh, it happened to my dad's, uh, MG too. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's, it's the fate of a lot of, uh, what really cool, um, not classic in every case, but some classic cars. Right. Unfortunately. Or are you one of those people, um, like, the, are you the kind of person that I personally aspire to be? The person who runs it until neither of you are suitable for driving. Yes, yeah, so this is what, like one of the cases where you know when they when they have the ads or they used to have the ads where you could uh, drive it, push it, or pull it into the lot, and we'll give you a thousand dollars for right, it. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah that uh, situation. Uh, so I, I, that's that's just my philosophy. But I'm very interested to hear the answer. I'm very interested to uh, hear the longest time. That you have owned a car, because I know uh, a few of the folks listening out there, Scott, probably have a car that they got from their parents or maybe even their grandparents. And that's probably the garage baby. You yeah, know what I mean? Probably. And that's a That's a fantastic thing. So I'd like to hear about that, too. Hey, Ben, you know what? Today, this is fun. I like uh, I like the question. That was very good. And uh, and I think it's going to be one that a lot of people will respond to because they all have their own theory, their own thought behind this. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, it's it's a tough one to nail down because. There's never I don't think there's really a time when people, you know, when they're buying the car, when they think I'm going to hang on to this for four years. That's it. And the four year mark, it's done. Or they may say that they may say (laughs) that, but then they get to the point where, you know, there's no more payments and they hang on to it for another two years. That's the thing Um, when there are no more payments. You know, it's it's fantastic. It's it's tough. Yeah. So so man, everybody's going to have a different answer. And then there's always going to be an asterisk next to it. You know, like unless this happens or. Or if this case were to uh, to go down, right? Here's what here's what I'd do. So uh, it's tough. It can be tough, uh, but it's also you know, of course, it, it's an opportunity to find some new space age stuff. Especially if you've owned a car for a while, then you feel like you're sitting in the future when you sit in a new car. <laughs> yeah, spaceship. I remember the first time I got a car with power windows. I thought it was like Kanye West, man. You couldn't tell me anything. Windows up, windows down. Windows up, windows down. <laughs> yeah. Continually. That's what I was, I was, I was literally, Scott, doing it in traffic, a red light. Sure. And just watching it. Yep. Um, thinking and, everybody's thinking how cool you are. 
right, power right. windows, right? Yeah, and then we think all I need are some pop-up headlights. Yeah, but the rest, are, of, the rest of the world's had them for 10 years. Yeah, the rest of the world's had them for 10 years, yeah. Um, so, and I'm, I hope at least the other people have had similar experiences. But let us know. In the meantime, if you want to listen to some related podcasts, uh, we did some episodes on the true cost of ownership, which I recommend to everyone considering buying a car. Uh, we also did, uh, we also did something on how much or how little money buying a hybrid actually saves you, which I also recommend. Yeah. Uh, dealership myths. Dealership myths, which was a good one. How to, uh, I think we've talked about how to buy used car, how to buy a new car. Right. What uh, to look for, what to avoid. Yeah. Yeah. yeah some so, fun ones. So check those out. Remember that, uh, for many people, perhaps yourself included, buying a car is one of the biggest investments that you will make. Uh, it's up there a little bit beneath the house, right? Uh, slightly. Slightly. <laughs> well, it depends on what you buy, you know? Uh, and some people do cut corners on the house so they can have a nicer car. <laughs> it happens. It, it happens, happens daily. Uh, so uh, check it out. Let us know on Facebook and Twitter. I'd love to see a picture of the an old, well-maintained car that you've taken care of and how long you think you can uh, last. You know what? That's something that we haven't even talked about is that how, how cool is it sometimes to see a, a pristine version of, you know, a car from 1980, let's say. Yeah. And it's, it's waxed and, you know, it's clearly like all the chrome is in perfect shape and everything. It's, it's just a, it's, it's really a sight to behold when you do see it. Somebody who you can tell just lovingly maintains their car and has had it probably for most of the, that car's life. Yeah. Uh, it's really, and you can spot it in, in a, a huge crowd. I mean, you can, you can definitely uh, pick that out out of all the other kind of, um, I, I guess, uh, vanilla cars out there. Yeah, and uh, it stands out in the best possible way. And if you, I have to go, by the way, and ask uh, Noel how uh, how long <laughs> you kept your car, and I'll, I'll bug him about that in a little bit. Uh, but for now, we are gonna go ahead and skedaddle. We're gonna hit the road, as it were, and we'd like to hear from you if you uh, want to let us know your take on how long someone should own a car. Um, you can, and you want to avoid the social media. We have good news for you and you can write to us directly we are car stuff at howstuffworks.com for more on this and thousands of other topics visit howstuffworks.com let us know what you think send an email to podcast at howstuffworks.com it's the kia summer sticker sales event so give your friends something to look at like a b&b with an ocean view an endless field of wildflowers or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.